0: church those of you who are here and those of you who are watching online uh, my name is paul thomas and as most of you already know uh, i am not on staff uh, at st luke's methodist church but i have served in a uh, a volunteer uh, capacity in a variety of areas i am a uh, i'm a worship leader under the direction of andy coward our worship pastor Uh, i have served in our children's ministry uh, teaching preteen kids through uh, Uh, St. Luke's Epic, um, as what we called our class. Thank you, Sarah Lattimore, for naming it that first. Um, I'm currently a uh, Christian Studies major at uh, Grand Canyon University uh, out of Phoenix, Arizona. And I have two kids. Uh, My daughter, Elena, who's 17. uh, She is a senior at Cooper this year. And my son, Nathan, who's 14, who is a freshman at uh, Cooper this year. Um, Surprisingly, I don't see any gray hair on my head yet, so I think we're gonna be okay. Um, But anyway, uh, with that being said, uh, would you please stand uh, uh, for the reading of the word uh, as we go to Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Now this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. jesus let us pray dear lord as we move forward in our service i pray that it would not be me speaking but you speaking through me may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O lord for you are my strength our strength and our redeemer amen you may be seated Have you obtained everything you ever wanted? Or to go deeper, have you asked God for a goal that he set on your heart and he said yes, but not quite how you wanted him to? You would not be alone. Before Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls won six NBA championships, they had to taste some humility first. Does anybody remember their battles with the Detroit Pistons and the New York Knicks? I certainly do. <laughs> My brothers, John and Chris and, and, and myself, uh, maybe more John and I than Chris, um, would get so upset when the Bulls would lose these games. Yet in hindsight, tasting the, uh, the failure of no to the Bulls being eliminated from the playoffs led to the sweet, sweet taste of yes to the title. Or in this case, six. <laughs> keep, keep it with the sports theme, Growing up, my brothers and I would also love, love watching uh, Bobby Cox and the Atlanta Braves uh, baseball team on TBS with our mom and dad. Not only because they were on TV every night, but because they were a good team. We were witness to them finally winning a World Series in 1995 over the Cleveland Indians. But before tasting God-given success, they would lose to uh, particular teams in years before. Anyone remember their battles with the Philadelphia Phillies? Um like Mitch, Wild Thing, Williams, Lenny Dykstra, John cruck uh, those guys, they were a thorn in the brave side for years. But they finally won a championship. Um, in our text, Joseph has promised to be hus- the husband to his wife, Mary, and became aware that she's pregnant with child. Yet in this culture, and today's, we see that this is not only a child Mary would have before their marriage, but a child that was technically not even biologically his. Pardon you guys for just a second. I told some folks I would be recording this on my phone as well. So I'm going to start that really fast. I uh, apologize. Apologize for y'all watching at home. Okay, we're good. The adversity from this situation of God saying yes to Joseph having kids, but not in a way that he expected would disturb any human being. Right. Joseph, while there is no given evidence of this in scripture, surely wanted to have a child, as was custom in this time period, but not like this. I wonder, was he scared for his image? Did he he even feel qualified to be a dad to anyone, much less to the son of God? Wanting to divorce her quietly, it's in the first chapter of Matthew, we see an angel of the Lord in our text telling Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. What is the common denominator here? God listens and even gives graciously the desires of our heart. Yet when he says yes to our desires, he gives us obstacles or even failure to endure before doing so. The question this evening is why? Why would God say yes to our needs while giving us hardship to get to it first? Here are two reasons why. God says yes through shaping us into who he wants us to be. God says yes through shaping us into who he wants us to be. In the Disney Plus movie, uh, Clouds, um, it tells a story, the, the true story of the life of Zach Zobiak. The good news of his story that is that he was the first unsigned artist without support from a record label to go number one on the charts for his song, Clouds. The hardship was that he was diagnosed with childhood cancer, osteosarcoma, and that the recording of his song was only given a few months to live, and the idea of this song was to help him tell his family and friends goodbye. You see, Zach wanted to be rid of his cancer. God would therefore not only give him his answer, but would use him as an instrument to give hope not only to his family, but to millions all over the world through the pain of his cancer and the success of his song that would eventually lead to a full album my kids elena nathan and myself watched the opening premiere of zach's life turned into a movie titled after his song clouds on disney plus recently during our zoom time together but what we discovered after watching it was that the song would become number one again three days after the movie's release and all of his song sales benefiting the zach zobiak osteosarcoma fund for childhood cancer research How this applies to the Christmas story, we'll break down here in a bit. But turning back to Joseph, his success in his lifetime would indeed involve him becoming a dad. What he didn't know was the adversity to get him there would be facing death from King Herod in Matthew 2.13. And being a father to the child he did not conceive. Even through these times, however, Joseph still obeyed. He still obeyed because of his trust in the Lord and the son of God he was given to raise. The Lord says yes to us by shaping us into who he wants us to be. We, as the body of Christ, should trust him in this ideal as well. Shouldn't we? God says yes to us in the shape of us who he wants us to be. He also says yes to us by saying no to our will. And yes to the impossible. God says yes to us by saying no to our will and saying yes to the impossible. Mary asked a very good question in our text, didn't she? An angel of the Lord tells her that she'll be having a child with her being a virgin still. And she says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Uh, That's in Luke 134. The nature of the promises of God from Mary's initial question of how she would conceive Jesus was based on what she knows. The angels revealing of how this would be accomplished will be based on who she knows. Let me say that again. The nature of the promises of God from Mary's initial question of how she would conceive Jesus was based on what she knows. The angels angels revealing how this would be accomplished will be based on who she knows. It's in these next verses, Luke writes this. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who said was to be unable to conceive is in now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. It's Luke 1, 35 through 37. The angel of the Lord could have easily told Mary that on her wedding night, being married to Joseph, that she would bear a son and call him Jesus in this way. Couldn't he? Why would the son of God of the universe choose for his son to come in such a radical way? The Holy Spirit tells me it was to test Mary's faith. Christian thinker and theologian Oswald Chambers describes testing of faith this way. Faith must be tested because it can be turned into a personal possession only through conflict. Faith is unutterable trust in God, trust which never dreams that he will not stand by us. Mary's response in Luke 1, 38 says this, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your words to me be fulfilled just as you said. Her statement of faith in, in her Lord mirrors a quote from my dad, Matt Thomas's book, uh, Climbing Home, From Valleys of Despair to Mountains of Hope, that says this. He says, he says that in the event that our faith fails us, and it will, God remains faithful to us. In the event our faith fails us, and it will, God remains faithful to us. Mary trusted in God's faithfulness to her. And as the body of Christ this Christmas Eve, we can and we must be the same. Here's a question this evening. What are you living for this Christmas? Or to go deeper, who are you living for? In Zach Zobiac's story, he says a more—I a more, a, can't even talk—a memorable quote that stirs the soul before he passed in his Psalm with number one. He said, "You don't have to find out you're dying to start living." This emphasized not only what he knew about the promises of God, but who the author of those promises are. As Zach was living out his final days on this earth, before his funeral. The movie Clouds documents how Zach wanted the reading of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 uh, to be shared. Synopsis of the parable says this. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter now into the joy of your master. It's Matthew 25. I don't know where you are this evening, but as we're getting ready for communion here in a few minutes, if if this Christmas in 2020 has taught anything, it's that tomorrow's not a promise. Right? Tomorrow's not promised to us. We've experienced joy. Loss, changes in how you see loved ones, financial strain, COVID nineteen, social unrest. What can possibly make a, make of this any of this Christmas after what we have experienced this year make any sense? This stable, this cross. It's a reminder that despite what this Christmas- in my brain that's been different, the spirit of Christmas can still bring joy. And if you could go to the next slide, please, uh, for me, this picture is what gives me joy this Christmas. Picture of me and my kids uh uh, uh going on a walk just on a, just on a sunny day, just enjoying each other. You might recognize those sweatshirts. Shout out to the uh uh the Keep Youth Group, um Charlie Brewer, keep up the good work, Ashley, everybody. Um that, that, that's what brings me joy. Um if you want to go deeper than that, uh Thornton Wilder's play Our Town brings the spirit of Christmas, not through the joy of the stuff in our lives but through the joy of the people that surround us and love us and live with us during it. The lead in the play, Emily Webb, describes dies during childbirth and decides to return to earth for her 12th birthday before going back to heaven permanently. When she returns, she tells her, her family, just for a moment, we're all together. Just for a moment, we're happy. Let's really look at one another. The play ends with her telling the stage manager who's playing God, in a sense, um, in, in, in the play text, "Do any human beings ever realize life while they live it? Every, every minute? I'm wondering, this Christmas Eve, have you? Have I? Realize life this Christmas while we have lived it. Every, every minute. The spirit of Jesus reminds us to live. The spirit of Christmas reminds us to live. And to remind us that it is not us who lives, but Christ Jesus still lives in us. The author of life who only gave us one life to live now. The author of Wife, who said yes to us being here in this very moment, even in a moment we didn't expect, with 2020 and all that it's brought. He brought us here to remind us to live for Him. And the time to live for Him is now. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for allowing us to live, not only to build your kingdom here on earth, but to remember all the anguish and suffering that this life may bring is not the end, but the beginning of something good. Something good, not because we are, but you are. Thank you for the joy you bring and for the joy you will bring, not just this Christmas but for all eternity on this side of heaven and the next. Thank you, Jesus, for coming 2,000 years ago to set us free from the bondage of sin and death and to set our eyes on the prize of you and all that we are and all that we say and all that we do. Thank you, Lord, that you're the one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that being said, we're going to have communion. If, um, if you haven't gotten uh, one of these guys uh, already, uh, go do that now. It looks like y'all have, so that, that's a good thing. Um, if you're at home, get, get you something to, to drink, something to eat, uh, and, and partake in this with us uh, as we take this. Now, as, as all of you know by now in the COVID culture we're in, we normally uh, do communion down here. We're going to do this step by step. Okay, So first take off the top layer and set the mic down. I want to do this. <laughs> as you take this wafer, as you take this wafer, take it and remember that this is the body of Christ shed for you. Next, pull back on the last layer with the juice. As you take this juice, take and remember, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. For those of you who are wondering, before we move forward, our, our senior pastor, Andy Hurst, did bless these elements. So uh, thank you, pastor, if you're watching uh, for doing that. Um, now, as, uh, as we as uh, Andy and Michelle uh, uh, take the stage, um, you're welcome to come to this altar and pray if you'd like. Or you can stay right where you are uh, 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 while you're seated. And as you do so, whether you come to the altar or stay where you are, just meditate and remember what this night meant. For us, 2,000 years ago, it wasn't to hold on to sin or baggage, or to hold on to your past, or to anything you've done. It's to remember that a Savior in the form of a child came to redeem us from our sin. Think about that as Michelle and Andy lead us in a timeless classic, O Holy Night. Mm